Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we have a special guest, Richard Odenthal, who is the Senior Security Advisor for Brother Paul Chapel there at Lancaster Baptist Church. And he's going to give us a few tips about safety and security. So you listen in, take good notes, and I'm sure that this episode will be a help to you when it comes to analyzing and maybe making a few changes to your own church's security team. Richard Odenthal, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Could you start out just by letting us know, letting our guests know a little bit about your story as far as how did you become the senior security advisor for Lancaster Baptist Church? Well, I was saved at Lancaster Baptist Church January 2007. And as I said last night when I was talking to some folks, I sort of intended on being a backbench Baptist. Right. Sitting in the back of the church, big church. I was going to sit in the back and be quiet, just kind of mind my own business. And the Lord, of course, has other plans. Yes. I was an L.A. County deputy sheriff for over 32 years, and I worked in uh, patrol assignments most of my life. And for 15 of those years, I worked in South Central Los Angeles from the late 60s until the early 80s. So wow. I got a lot of experience. And during that period of time, uh, we would get assigned to go and do security assessments at people's houses, at uh, churches, schools just as a regular patrol assignment, and we learned a lot there. And so I started doing it as early as 1970 as just an assignment for my job. And then as my career progressed, I uh, eventually commanded what we call our Emergency Operations Bureau on the Sheriff's Department, and that was responsible for special event planning and security at things like the Rose Parade. Mm. I did seven of those. I did uh, three Super Bowl uh, security planning. I did the security planning for seven Rose Bowl football games. Wow. I did uh, security planning for uh, President uh, Clinton, President Bush, both Bushes, President Reagan. Uh, So I had a lot of personal security assignments there working with the Secret Service and the federal agencies. So I had a lot of experience. And as I say, my intent was to just sit quietly in the back of the church. Yeah, right. right. uh, (laughs) Somewhere along the way, the Lord... And it got my attention, as he has a habit of doing, and, and I went to uh, Pastor Chapel, and I said, you yeah, know, I've noticed a few things around here, and we started talking about that, and I grew into being his uh, principal security advisor. Wow. Wow. So what I'm hearing is you're qualified. <laughs> <laughs> You've done this a couple of times. Well, I'd like, to, I'd like to think that. In addition to that, I was, a, uh, I was an Army, Army Reserve officer for 15 years. Wow. And uh, I was trained in both combat intelligence and infantry. So I have a background in a lot of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, then when it when it comes to the church side of things, because that's what we want to know. I mean, there's the security side of things, but then there's church side of things. And somebody that knows both of those, that that's helpful. So what what are some first things that as church members, as staff members, we need to be watching for? when it comes to church security, keeping our church family safe from threats? The first thing you need to do is is you need to understand your pastor's heart mm-hmm. in all of this. A lot of people have their idea of what needs to happen, but it's pastor's responsibility. That's good. You know, The Lord put them in charge of our church, so we have to find their heart and see what they want to do and how then we can support that. It doesn't help if you're going off like a, uh, like a cowboy down a trail that he didn't want to go down. Yes, that's good causes extra unnecessary strife. So talking to the pastor, finding out what they're interested in, what they want to have happen, how you can do this. And also remember this, you got to walk 
before you can run. A security team isn't something that you just roll out of a, a Monopoly dice cup, you know, onto the, sure. onto the playing field. You have to think about who you want for your team, how you want your team constructed, what you want them to do. Once you figure all that out, then you can start looking for people. And there are many, 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 many questions that people have on these things. I mean, getting in the heart of the pastor, understanding that, I think that's a that's so helpful for any kind of ministry in, in yeah, yeah. a church. Not I mean, just security. Yeah. So pastor's on board and he wants to keep people safe. He's interested in maybe doing something. And maybe he just comes to somebody and says, hey, I want to start a security team. What's the next step? Well, our pastor identified someone from the pastoral staff or the church staff to be the um, staff representative for okay. this. Uh, in our case, he took Dr. Tom Shepard, who is our chief of staff, who has years, he's close to my age, so he has lots of experience in, uh, and he ran colleges and hospitals and things like that. So Tom is a senior advisor, and he took one of the deacons who happened to be a, uh, a retired lieutenant from the sheriff's department who worked for me at one point. We're the brain trust, I guess, if you want to call it that. What we started to do then is, the first thing we did was we wrote a general policy. Okay. What it is that you expect from the security, and we call it the safety and security ministry. And the word safety is in front of that for a reason. Our job is to ensure or help ensure a safe environment for the church family. Sometimes people get hung up on the, I'm a security officer. We don't want that. It doesn't further the mission of the, of the ministry. So we, we put together a policy, and, and once we did that, that helped us shape what it is we want them to do. Now, we have a, a large church, as, as some of you know. So an average Sunday attendance of somewhere around five to 7,000 people over the course of the day. But we have a parking ministry. These guys help get the parking lot secure, help people park their cars. Then we have greeters, you know, who are people that say, you know, they do what your greeters do. Welcome to church. You know, can we do anything? They pass out tracks there. They're nice people. And then we have the ushers who are part of this too, the usher ministry, they do the, they take care of the church family during the service. And then we have a security team. And our security team is is a little more robust than a lot of places. There are 26 active duty law enforcement officers that attend our church regularly. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's more than just about any church I know of. Yeah. So, uh, so we have the opportunity there to to have a fairly robust presence. Now, we don't choose to do that. Sure. We run probably four or five, what you might call, on-shift security folks. Right. Uh, our pastor has a security team that works for, with him. That's three people, and he's their responsibility to keep him safe. If, if something happens, they know what they need to do. And then we have three others. We have, we have the luxury of having armed security. Mm-hmm. Our pastor's comfortable with that because... These guys are law enforcement officers. I put one. Now, we our nursery building, our children's ministry, is in a separate building from the from the main church. So we put an armed security person over there. They have a radio and they're and they're armed because for me and and I think, you know, pastor, the the heart of our church is our kids, and we can't afford to lose a kid. We just can't. You just can't afford to do that. So uh, we do what we can to make sure that the building is secure. That if anybody gets over there, they get contacted pretty quickly. Praise the Lord. We haven't had any real serious incidents in a number of years. So, so that's helpful. What we try to do is we have what, what you could call an echelon security response. And, and the people, some of the people don't realize that they're in the security ministry. The parking lot people are the first people to see folks coming into our church. Nobody walks to church at our church. 
We're out in the middle of the desert, and we are literally in the middle of the desert. So if they walked there, they've been walking for several miles. Yeah. So, But the parking lot people do that, and they have radios. And they're looking for certain things that either don't look right or people who are presenting themselves that they're, they're not happy. Uh, they just look a little bit different. And they will call us, the security team, and we'll take a look at it and see what we can do. And we'll identify them because the place to deal with these issues, if possible, is in the parking lot. That's before good. Before they get in the That's building. That's a good point right there. It keeps the majority of our people safe. Uh, and then the greeters, they, that's the secondary part where they, they take a look at people. And if they see something that's different, they'll come and they'll call us or come tell me, hey, hey, brother, oh, we got a problem over here. And then, of course, there's the security guys. I stand outside the main entrance to the church all morning long and watch people come to church. You know, you've been there, so you can yes. see. It's an 80-acre campus, but I can see a long way. And I see people coming, and I, I, I've told people standing next to me, he says, this guy's not going to be happy when I see him because yeah. he's carrying a backpack, and we don't let backpacks into the service. And, you know, it's a fair walk. It's a couple hundred meters from where he parked his car to where I'm standing. And several people have told him he can't have a backpack. They do that. So I watch people coming in, and, and you know, a lot. most people don't know that. They think that I'm just a happy-go-lucky greeter, yeah, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, there's, I don't care if they know I'm security. Matter of fact, sometimes it works to my advantage. So we do that. So it's an echelon security presence, and it gets tighter and, and more serious the closer it gets. And then once they get by me, then the ushers. And the ushers are still looking for people mm-hmm. that look like they're – because not everybody – I don't get everybody, and John doesn't catch everybody. But So an usher will come up and say, hey, you know what, this guy's you – know, or they'll see somebody acting a little bit different. And we go, eh. All right. So then we take an eye or we keep an eye on them or we have the ushers uh, keep an eye on them. So that works. Praise the Lord. Works so far. Yeah. Good. What What are the greatest dangers for, for church from a security standpoint? You know, the when you look at the, the odds, you know, people are going to say, well, active shooters and all this. And that's fine. But the odds are you're going to have a problem created by a church family member before you have somebody show up there with a AK-47. It's just the odds because you see those people all the time. And church families are dynamic. You have people getting married, getting divorced, all kinds of problems. pastor said the devil's always trying to to beat us somewhere. And we don't know necessarily what's going on. So we got to watch for that and pay attention to it. Well, could you maybe tell us a story, maybe a a security threat or a, a situation that you all dealt with successfully at your church? It's an interesting community. Lancaster has a prison, a state prison. There are some interesting people that have come up and moved to the area because their relatives are in the prison. And we also have a couple of uh, halfway houses where when people are released from prison, they're eased back into society. So every once in a while we do that. Well, we had a guy that showed up one day that attracted a little bit of attention, probably 40 years old, not real big guy, wearing a wife beater t-shirt. His head was shaved. And on the left-hand side of his head, he had the Al-Qaeda flag. And on the other side of his head, he had scripture in uh, Arabic. Needless to say, he got our attention. Yeah, yeah. Stand out. (laughs) How interesting. We had a talk with him about what he was doing. He was not there. He said he was there to go to church and he wanted to find out about Jesus. And so we had a little discussion with him. But we told him that perhaps with his ink and his tattoos and Mm -hmm. his attitude, that maybe this wasn't the right place for him to be, to pick up on the full value of the gospel. And that we offered to, uh, we, have a, we have a brother who has a class for court-ordered people who have spousal abuse, anger issues. 
So we suggested he go to that class. Well, he wouldn't do that. He didn't want to have any part of that. And he, he began to escalate his demeanor became to, you know, he was getting more confrontational. And what he didn't realize was just the people he was talking to, that we deal with guys like that all the time on the street. So right. so having him in there, with, and we told him, hey, buddy, this will not go well with you. And if you don't leave now, we're going to call the police. Well, he's on parole. He can't afford that to happen. And so he left. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't have to get seriously ugly with him, but he left, and that helped us. Another time, this is a little bit more fun, we had a call. And there was a five-year-old girl that was missing. Her parents couldn't find her. 80-acre campus, 40 buildings, five years old. We had to find her. Well, by the time we found her, her parents had gone home. So now we got the five-year-old girl. <laughs> they just decided they didn't need her that day or something? Or? They decided they couldn't wait any longer. I don't know why. Well, you know, you got pot roast yeah. in the oven. Yeah. Or yeah, I got lunch. Yeah, you know, <laughs> got supper. Cooking whatever. But Sunday anyhow. afternoon nap was waiting. The only thing that saved us was her kindergarten teacher, her first grade teacher, knew her and knew her parents, and we were able to give her to the first grade teacher who took her home. Wow. But, you know, it's like, you know, we had these things going on. You say, how does this, how does this happen? You had no yeah. kidding. It's <laughs> not what really happened. So those are, op- I mean, and you have to be prepared to do a wide range of things. That's why I say when you're picking your team, pick people that like people. Yeah, that's good. If you don't yeah. like people, don't do this work. Yeah. My brother is in charge of our security team in their harvest. I joke with him all the time because he goes, oh, I'm for security. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to call- start calling you hospitality, actually. Like, you're the hospitality team. And yes. He goes, no, that sounds like I have to be nice to people. It's like, right. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. One, one specific question, um, just because you and I have talked about this in the past, Brother Winthal, is there value in having lady security team members? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's going to happen sooner or later where you're going to have a woman or a young lady have an issue. Interestingly enough, none of us are as qualified as a woman to deal with it. <laughs> sure. I got to tell you, and I've had ladies who we start to talk to and they pop right into the women's restroom. Yeah, what do you do then? Well, I'm 74 years old. I've only been in a woman's restroom once, and that's when it was empty. Yeah. <laughs> Not chasing a lady into the women's restroom. So then we got to go find somebody. Right. Usually it's a associate pastor's wife or one of the deacon's wives that we know, often than a nurse, to have them go and you know, help us deal with the problem. But if we had a member of the security team that was a lady, it would make our life so much easier because sure. even if she wasn't in the lobby, we would know right where she was. Right. And we can go ask her to come and help us out. I can't stress that enough. We haven't, interestingly enough, we haven't gotten there yet because right now everybody's happy with us using the assistant pastor's wives because we haven't found a lot of ladies that want to do it. And yeah. it's just, you know what? I got to tell you, it's it is a uh, it's a task. It's a fairly heavy task. So that's what you want to do is make sure. But I would recommend it. Yes. Sure. So somebody kind of like that's just on call, like hey yeah. we. Somebody that's aware of your procedures, aware of kind of how you do things, and somebody yes. that is just willing to be tapped on the shoulder during the service. Hey, can you come give us a hand here? Somebody, someone like that. And that's very important. And they yeah. and they need to understand that they're part of the team and they, they participate with, with briefings and trainings. Yeah. Well, and, and you touched on this, uh, going back to something you mentioned earlier, armed versus unarmed security team members. How do you navigate that? Well, again, it goes back to the pastor. What are they comfortable with? I know some pastors that absolutely don't want anything to do with a firearm in their church. So those of us that are cops just don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You know, because we're not putting our guns down. Sure. In my department, it was until recently that we were mandated to carry it mm-hmm. all the time. They changed that about two years ago, three years ago. But any at any rate, so it, 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 it goes with the pastor. If the pastor is happy with that, then you need to establish who gets to carry guns. California is a little easier because it's it's a may issue, not shall issue, concealed weapons permit state. So there aren't a lot of them out there, certainly Can in LA Can you explain County. what that means, maybe? May issue versus right. shall issue? Um, a may issue state means that the sheriff, in our case in California, the sheriff may, or the police chief, may issue concealed carry permits to individuals who are qualified if it's their, it's up to their discretion to do mm-hmm. it. In a shall issue state, if a, if a person's qualified, then you have to give them a CCW permit. Uh, I think Oregon is a, a, shall a shall issue, yes. issue state. California is a May issue state. So we're, you know, there are lots of people working on that and I'm happy to let them do that. Yes. I can live with it either way. Yeah. Uh, although I will tell you that there are some people who make me nervous. Yes. Right. That are armed. Of course, yeah. there are some policemen who make me nervous that are armed too. Yeah. So. Well, and, and talk with us about that for a second, how that could, could that maybe be a difficulty if you've got people who aren't on yes. the same page with your security team and your church, but they're carrying, what, what could that look like? Disaster would be the term. Yeah. I can tell you a story about the guy that came to me at our church, and he came to me and he said he was going to start carrying his sidearm to church. So I asked him, I said, "Do you have a you got a concealed carry permit?" He said, "Oh no, but I'm going to start carrying it anyway because if something happens, I'm going to get involved." All right. <laughs> and I said, "You do realize that we have a fairly robust armed team here?" Well, yeah, but I want to help. I said, "Well, so the scenario is if a guy comes in with a gun, I'm going to stand up and pull my gun." I said, well, when you do that, we will shoot you. Just just like that. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen his face when, when you said that. Well, he, he looked at me for a second. He said, but, but I'm a church member. I said, well, then we'll shoot you with Christian love. <laughs> but we're going to shoot you. The reason is, is that we know who we are. Right, exactly. We know that the, We know what the bad guy is. We're going to deal with the bad guy, but you might be his cousin or his brother. We don't know. So, yeah, maybe we saw you in church, but... We're going to shoot you. And he said, well, what do you think I ought to do with it? Leave your gun in the bureau at home. Don't bring it to church. And that's one of the problems is that I know like we talked here in this particular church, you have folks that have that carry that may or may not be on your security team. But my suggestion then is that you sit down and talk with them seriously about what do you think you're going to do and what our expectations are. Yes. So they know that they're working alone here. Yeah. Uh, and, and limit those unknown variables. You want to whittle Secure. those things down as yeah. small as you can get them. Yeah, so, it's, so it's not a big surprise. We, when we're talking about an armed security force, what kind of mindset changes there from, we don't carry weapons, we're just asking people to leave or you know, call on the police to, oh my goodness, now we have the responsibility if there's a, a gun attached to our head. What do we? Well, I wouldn't recommend that you mandate an armed team. Oh. Okay. First off, the liability. I guess that's what I'm asking. There's, there's like, more... Yes. There's more zeros to the to the left of that decimal point yeah. before they get to a hard number than you even want to think about. You know, and it's like we used to tell people all the time in my other business. We're just debating who's going to live in your house for the rest of your life. Yeah. We're yeah. going to take it. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, and you need to talk to whoever your your corporate lawyer is for your church, whether it's CLA. Um, CLA, by the way, has some great policies mm-hmm. for armed security teams. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, Brother Gibbs, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know what? Most of the stuff comes out of his mouth is golden, mm-hmm. I think. 
the you know, liability exposure is amazing for that. So if you're going to do that, then you've got to be very careful who you pick for the team. Because at that point, because your policy is have an armed team, they are representing the church. Yes, exactly. You know, you we can you know you can use wiggle worm wiggle words and everything else you want, but guess what? Somebody's going to get part of the church. Yeah. So you want to make sure that that that's done very carefully. Okay. Like I say, our our uh, our vetting process starts with California peace officers. Those guys are all psyched and trained, and we don't even take new police officers on our team. We get we get them to get off of law enforcement probation, which takes a year before we before we put them on the team. And usually they'll, they'll serve as an usher or something like that beforehand sure. so we can see they're faithless. The other thing is, and I didn't mention this, I was talking to Pastor Chapel about this. And Pastor Chapel told me, he said, Brother Odenthal, make sure that they are regular tithers. Okay. We won't have anyone on our security ministry that isn't a regular tither. Okay. Because, he says, where your treasure is is where your heart is. Exactly. And if you don't care enough about the church to tithe, he doesn't want you on the team. Wow. Now again, that's your own pastor's decision, yeah. but it made sense to me. It's a good guideline. Yeah, made sense to me. We have a requirement. You know, we got to be able to breathe. Yeah, and you got to tithe, yeah. and then we go from there. Yeah. And we've eliminated some folks. And I told the one kid, I said, "Hey, you know what? You're a great guy, but you don't tithe." Yeah, but I've got. I said, "Everything after yeah, but doesn't make any difference." Sure. You know, so that's where that is. Yeah. I think that's good advice. That there needs to be some some evidence. That we care about the work of God going out and being done, not just the cool title that I get or the, the fancy jacket or or whatever it is. Well, Brother Odenthal, as we're beginning to wrap this up here, is there anything else that you'd like to just throw in there, any other piece of advice that would be a help to churches as they are maybe more from the angle of really just starting to build their security team? Well, there's a couple of things that, that everybody needs to understand is that it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen without a lot of consideration and thought. And there are resources out there that, that you can reach out to. You folks reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything I have, I'll give you. Okay. I've learned stuff over my life. And, and as my wife said, the Lord put me here for a reason. Yes. And, you know, at, like I say, at 74, I'm starting to get a little long in the tooth. But as long as I keep having a reason, then we're yeah. going to keep <laughs> yeah. gonna keep putting me out there. So, you know, reach out for other assets, communicate, talk among yourselves, talk to your pastor, talk to other churches and yes. see what their experience is. Understand your local community. Okay. You know, there are people who won't come to your, won't come to church if you have an armed team. Sure. They just won't do it. Hmm. There's a lady who saw my gun. She said, do you have a gun? I said, yes, I do. She said, well, do you think you'll need it? I said, if I thought I needed it, it'd be in my hand. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said... I've been a policeman for 40 years, and she never came back. And she told somebody, she said, I, I can't go to a church where people have guns. It's just a, a different paradigm. So it's it changes things. It, it does. Sure, for sure. Brother Odenthal, how could people get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out for some of those resources? If, if you'll call Lancaster Baptist Church and, and just leave your name and number with the receptionist, they have a bad habit of tracking me down. <laughs> well, that's how it happened with me. I, I think our receptionist called your receptionist, and I think three minutes later, um, our, our receptionist, Miss Sue, she walked in and handed me her phone and said, Brother Odenthal's on the phone. I'm standing there looking at the <laughs> screen like, uh. So I, I know you will respond that way. So we'll, we'll put that number in the notes for people okay. to, to get a hold of you there that way because you've been a, a big help and a, a 
good resource for us and want that for others as well. Well, thank you so much, Brother Odendahl, for coming on the show today. You've been a help to our church already, and I know that through this content, there's going to be a lot of other churches that are helped as well. So thank you. Good. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today to Not the Pastor. We're sure glad you joined us. We'd love to have you join us on our Facebook page. You can find us facebook.com backslash not the pastor. Also, we would love it if you would take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Leave us those five-star ratings. Tell us how we can do better. We love to hear from you. We read every single one of those reviews and just get great joy from those. Thank you so much for that. Until next week, we are not the pastor.